Hello and welcome to Markets Extra, the podcast where we discuss what's moving markets and what makes traders tick. My name is Han Tan, Chief Market Analyst of Exinity Group, which operates global brands such as Alpari International and FXTM. So the latest US earnings season is underway and this is when publicly listed companies in the US reveal how their respective businesses performed in the most recent quarter. So for the purposes of this episode, it's the second quarter and uh, certainly a highlight on the calendar for traders and investors around the world. So uh, today we're going to take a step back and consider how important earnings season is for U.S. stocks. And we'll also take into consideration the other major factors that are in play. So with all that in mind, we are joined once again by independent analyst Jamie Dada. Jamie, so glad you could uh, join us again on Markets Extra. I think first things first, uh, we are recording this on July 15th. And I have to express my condolences for England's loss in the Euro 2020 final. How are you feeling, sir? I'm just getting over it, Han. I'm just <laughs> getting over it. And you managed to bring it all back to me. I'm sorry, buddy. Well, I mean, I just had to put it on record there. Uh, didn't mean to laugh. No, I, I'm joking. It's all good. Uh, I think everybody's getting over it. Um, I'm definitely over it. So uh, we move on, onwards and upwards. It's a young team. And um, the sun is shining very much so. There's a heat wave pretty much here in the UK. So uh, we're all good, Han. We're all good. And it's a pleasure speaking to you again. All right. Well, the sun is shining. And as the saying goes, make hay while the sun shines. But anyways, so let's go back to business here. Uh, earnings season is upon us. Talk to us about why it is important for the markets. Yeah, on a simplistic level, really, you know, earnings, they help investors determine if a stock price is justified by a company's performance. Um, and really, it, it's like a key barometer to where underlying earnings power is relative to expectations. Uh, and in this case, you know, we've got historic numbers, a historic surge in corporate earnings, um, probably the second best ever year on year quarterly gain in 25 years, by all accounts. It, it sort of underscores the rebound in profits and that and that scale of recovery in corporate America, you know, from the depths of the pandemic, really. So. Um, you know, an exciting time for companies to release their numbers and, and for investors really to gauge where we are and potentially, you know, what that growth will look like going forward. And you ended that sentence with a really good phrase, right, going forward, because although these earnings numbers are backward looking, so again, second quarter is already behind us, they're just reporting those results, but it's also the commentary out of the C-suite, right, C-suite being the CEOs, the CFOs, right, you know, all these uh, top decision makers in the company about their outlook for how the business expects to perform. That is arguably as important as the numbers from the previous quarter now, isn't it? Yeah, it's what kind of growth are we going to see in the coming quarters, like you say, and then to do with margins and labor costs, you know, which is the, such a hot topic at the moment with regards to inflation. So, you know, everybody's looking to see where what happens with the labor supply and whether that pushes up labor costs and then ultimately the Fed has to respond. But, you know, hopefully some of the C-suite 
some of those guys will inform us on on how they see things and and potentially then what happens to the stock market and what happens to interest rates as well. And we will dive into some of these uh, marquee names that have already released their earnings before the time of this recording. We'll get into those in just a bit, but let's stay with the top line here. Um, talk to us about the broader expectations that markets have coming into this earnings season, which really began uh, a couple of days ago and is set to extend for the next few weeks. Right? What are their overall expectations? Yeah, well, as we touched on, you know, um, I think somebody uh, explained it in American parlance. You'll be better at this than me, Han, but as a doozy. Doozy? <laughs> yes. It's a doozy, yeah. Yeah, it's a doozy, right? So, um, you know, earnings growth, uh, according to fact set, fact set, is going to be around 64% uh, for Q2. Um, that's the highest in more than 10 years, you know, since the great financial crisis, uh, Q4 and 09. And it follows on from sort of 52.5% in Q1. So a, a jump from those uh, big numbers already. I think one thing to note is, is just the gap between um, end of quarter estimates and the actual reported estimates, right? So we always get, um, so we've got a big number, 64%. But in the last year or so, um, you know, historically, we report, say, um, earnings beats ex uh, expectations by three to five percent. But in the last four quarters, that average has been 18 percent. So, again, we're going to get that, that outsized um, difference, really, between that, the, that gap. Um, and in some ways, then, you know, Q2, if you look back on year on year comparisons, Q2 2020, you know, it's probably the easiest comparison year, right? Because we're in the depths of the pandemic. So anything, you know, over and above that, we're going to see because uh, because the figures were so bad then. And I know that some analysts are, say, looking at, say, Q2 2019, you know, as a better comparison. Um, but uh, even then, potentially, you know, um, you'll see growth of around 8%, uh, whereas the average, as I've said, is sort of 3 to 5%. So, you know, not such a big gap, but uh, maybe better comparison, um, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, it does. And uh, just to put those numbers into uh, perhaps some um, layman parlance and beyond that 64% uh, that Jamie mentioned then, the idea is that there was a lot of optimism coming into this earnings season. Basically, a record high number of companies uh, saying that, hey, our performance in Q2 is actually positive in terms of its revenue, like how much money they were able to get, and also earnings per share, you know, how much of those earnings are actually accessible to individual shareholders, right? So, uh, in other words, again, there's a lot of optimism, but, you know, looking at some of these numbers that have already come our way over the past few days, and these were from big Wall Street banks. And I know, Jamie, that uh, these, well, one of them was uh, one of your former employers. Uh, I guess we can say that, right? So, you know, they have released their earnings. And sure enough, there were some record numbers uh, for their revenue, for example. But it was a mixed bag. Investors seemed to latch onto the negatives more so than the positives. And one of the negatives was the concerns over loan growth. So in other words, yeah, Q2 was a doozy. Yeah, great. No, we had fantastic numbers. But again, my Markets are forward-looking by nature. And based on the commentary that some of these C-suite have said, they're like, you know, we might actually struggle to grow loans uh, moving forward despite the U.S. economic recovery. Now, why this is important for Wall Street banks real quick is because that's how these banks make money. They lend you money, you pay them interest, that's how they get money, 
right? And so that's a big driver of their earnings and they're concerned that, you know, um, they might not be able to make as much money as in previous quarters, eh? No, absolutely. I think there's two things there really to note. Like you said, there's not much room for error here. You know, the margin for disappointment is much bigger. So in a way, you've got this sort of asymmetry of market actions. Action. So, so firms that miss are probably going to be punished more than those that beat. Um, you know, that's a simple thing to note, really. And then on the banking side, yeah, I think you've got lending activity is weak, uh, you know, on the strength, really, on the back of um, U.S. fiscal, you know, generosity, if you like, uh, and largesse. Uh, but then you've got investment banking on M&A, you know, on firms, uh, mergers and acquisitions, basically, um, you know, having probably, uh, you know, second best ever quarter type thing. So, uh, even though trading activity is probably going to be lower, which we've seen in JP Morgan, for example, and Goldman Sachs, actually, because of volatility now being much less than it was, say, a year ago. And I think you've seen that in in the stock performance of, say, those two banks. You know, JP Morgan's up sort of 24% or so this year um, because their trading volatility is less. And that's generally, you know, uh, most of their revenues, whereas Goldman's is up over 40%, you know, with deal making on track for this sort of near record year. So, yeah, you've just got differences in how these banks operate, but also then affecting us in the wider economy and and lending activity and that type of thing. So, And just to point out, the stocks for Goldman Sachs and JP Morgan actually fell for the past two sessions. So again, it, it boils down to the forward guidance that came out of these banking C-suites and it portends to the broader economy. So it looks like at the end of the day, sure, there are some of these numbers that affect that individual stock. But investors and you know market participants are more concerned about some of the broad Broader themes that are in play, like inflation, like unemployment, and perhaps more importantly, what the Fed might actually do to those trends in inflation and jobs, isn't it? Exactly. Uh, you know, it's their guidance which then informs us, you know, on the sort of micro level of what will happen and determine how the macro guys, uh, the people at the Fed and other central banks, you know, how they. Uh, what their outlook is and, and what they think they need to do. Obviously, we heard from Chair Powell yesterday, you know, at his semi-annual testimony, um, and he really he really was uh, quite cautious in a way and, and disappointed many in the market who were obviously pretty obsessed with tapering in that conversation. He still holds the view and the message, sticking to that message of transitory inflation, which, you know, uh, after the report we got earlier in the week, CPI, you know, above 5%, and the highest in you know in decades really then he's sort of batting away those in the market who who really want him to start talking about tapering and actually going through with that and we've seen that in other central banks even this week you know with the rbnz you're going to see as we've spoken before about the central bank divergence you know but for stocks really um yeah i think it's interesting that you've sort of got a breadth the breadth in the stock market is worrying uh, a lot of professionals, right? So you've got this rolling correction between the most um, the most speculative assets, you know, virtually sort of 50% off their highs and a rotation into sort of higher quality assets. Um, and that's worrying some people because, you know, it's reminiscent of 2018 when we had global money supply coming down and that breadth was weak. And then we had a, a, a pretty much a 20% correction in the, in the S&P. An ally to that, as you say, is then the taper talk, which if you think about it is good because it means that the policy response 
has been successful, right? But then also, obviously, it's headwinds to valuations, stock market valuations in the short term. And that's really key for earnings season and getting back to what the guys will guide us uh, in the next few quarters, potentially. Is there one specific stock, you know, is there one that you'll be keenly keeping an eye on? Obviously, big tech is everyone's favorite to to watch, especially in the retail space. And, you know, that's coming up the week of the 26th, I believe, you know, with the Wednesday and Thursday, 28th, 29th being Apple, Amazon, Facebook, Tesla, Microsoft. So some key dates to, to look out for there, the 28th and 29th of July. But yeah, again, you know, that sector is leading the market higher. You know, everybody's looking at this, uh, the major indices uh, to gauge the health of the equity market. But like we said, you know, the breadth is just not there really. So, you know, it'd be interesting, you know, with this really big outperformance of the tech sector at the moment, you know, they're up sort of 15% from the May lows. They've added whatever, $1 trillion in market cap since June. You know, there's a whole host of stats again, which are coming out, which if you remember, you know, we had some months ago with tech leading, you know, and, and growth basically now outperforming value again. Um, and that worries a lot of um, professionals. So, um, yeah, really interesting times, especially towards the end of July when their results get released. Plenty to keep an eye on over the coming weeks as earnings season picks up steam. But I think, you know, with all that we have said and all that we've discussed, uh, perhaps sum it up for us then. Which do you think could have the greater potential in pushing these US benchmark stock indexes? I'm talking about S&P 500, the Dow, the Nasdaq. Which could have a bigger influence on them reaching new record highs? Would it be earnings season or the other major factors that we spoke about, like the Fed and their policy guidance or inflation or jobs numbers? Yeah, I think earnings season near term is going to move the indexes, but, you know, medium, long term, is all about the Fed really and tapering and whether they take the punch bowl away of stimulus or not. You know, everybody's waiting for that probably late August. And like you mentioned, Jackson Hole, which seems very obvious now, doesn't it? Uh, a few months ago, uh, everybody thought that was a great call. And yeah, we probably would get that. But it's not so far away now. And Mr. Powell is still sticking to his gun. So, um, yeah, we shall see. You know, Jamie, at least between now that the Euro 2020s is over and the start of the Premier League season, you could keep yourself occupied over the next few weeks in this um, Sands football season with the earnings season, eh? Earnings I mean, season and uh, a dollop of the Olympic Games, perhaps. Oh, really? You're into the Olympics? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Some random sport that, you know, I'll watch for a few hours. Uh, and it's uh, I've never seen it before, but, you know, for, for those couple of hours, it, it's an amazing experience to be part of well jamie it's always an amazing experience speaking to you here on markets extra thank you so much for your time and your insights and folks if you are looking for a way to occupy yourselves as well uh, be sure to check out uh, the past episodes of markets extra it's available on all of your favorite podcast platforms and of course be sure to check out our daily market analysis it's posted on our websites daily so thank you so much for listening and until next time i'm han tan for exunity group